This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. With pedals like the Snow Day Delay, the Pep Rally Fuzz, the Trash Panda, and my personal favorite, the Science Fair, which is two classic dirt pedals in one with a mid-boosted overdrive on one side, a black lab rat circuit on the other, and a blend knob to blend between them to find the perfect classic stacked dirt sound you're looking for, it's hard not to find something you'll love. Mark builds all of his pedals by hand in Syracuse, New York, where he also works as a full-time educator. In addition to the super fun graphics on their pedals, Mark also offers custom artwork. Want your dog's face on a pedal? He can do it. Want your face on a pedal? He can make that happen too. Go over to summerschoolelectronics.com and make sure to tell them that 40 Watt Podcast sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 40 Watt Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 4. I think I've managed to keep count up to 4. After 4, y'all, I'm a musician. That's as high as I count, so I may get it wrong after that. Uh, this week, you got a super uh, super fun episode um, coming your way, but I want to first m- mention a couple of things. Thank you to our, my Patreon supporters. You heard at the top of the show how you could become a Patreon supporter. That support makes sure that this show keeps happening and that fun content keeps coming. Hopefully, it means I can start doing some more demos on YouTube and some other stuff, um, at, you know, as my schedule starts winding down. But this week, I want to thank a couple of new Patreon supporters. I want to thank um, David Evangelista from the Guitar Dads podcast, joining at the low wattage level. Um, we've also got Josh Gierkin joining at the $5 level. Um, and also, oh, I think I called out Nick Call last week. So thank you, new Patreon supporters. Your your support is greatly appreciated, and you help keep this show going. So uh, also, if you're into this kind of stuff, you can hop over to our Discord server. Uh, it is, you do not have to be a Patreon supporter to come hang out in our Discord server, uh, but you Patreon supporters do have your own special channel that you can chat there. Um, Ed, that's about it. That's all the updates I've got for today, y'all. So we're going to get right into this episode. This week, I've got Marco from Tour Gear Designs. How are you, Marco? I'm pretty good yourself. I, you know, I'm doing okay. Um, we were just talking a little bit earlier before we hit record. I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting started slow today. I had a late gig last night driving back and got in real late. You've had a pretty whirlwind couple of days too, driving pretty long distances. Yeah. Um... I actually had to, well, not had to, but I really had to get out of Toronto for a little bit. And there was an event last night in Montreal called Elimination Chamber. It's a WWE yep. wrestling event. And since I have family and some friends in Montreal, I was like, yeah, I'll catch a show. I'll go see, see some people. And then I slept in too long. And then I was like, oh, wait, I got this interview to do. So I got to drive <laughs> back. And normally... Montreal to Toronto is about five and a half, six hours. I I got here like maybe four and a half. It's with my European driving. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I used to drive like that. Now I'm like, I, I've adopted this philosophy of I'll get there when I get there. If I'm late, I'm late. I'll be okay. It's a terrible philosophy to have, but it's like, I just, I don't, I, I think as I'm getting older, um, I don't care to go you know, 90 miles an hour anywhere anymore. Um, I'm from the Balkans and over there, it's all about speed. Like even us, like even red lights are considered optional, like in my hometown. 
actually, uh, this is really funny. I was visiting home one time, and uh, uh, normally I take a bus to get from the airport to uh, my aunt who uh, who was there. But I just was like, it was late, and I didn't want to wait for the bus, so I so I got in a taxi, and he's driving. But in each single red light, he just keeps going. He doesn't stop, like not even flinches. But then maybe like, I would say a few blocks from where I was going, he stops at a green light. And I'm like, why are you stopping here? And then he and then he points to the right side and said, oh, like I, I can see my friend coming down the opposite way. <laughs> so he knows he's not going to stop at the red light. Yeah, no, look, I'm like, Okay, well, this is Balkans. Like, it's a whole different universe. Oh, that's wild. I mean, I've, I've heard, I've heard things about uh, European driving and other country driving, and just like, I, I don't know. I, I get it bad enough here. I, I tell people all the time, two worst cities I've ever driven in. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people are going to jump into this conversation. I'm going to get comments. I'm going to get messages on Instagram. I, people are going to be like, no, man, you don't know what you're talking about. This city's the worst. This city's worst. In my experience, where I've been, I've been, I've driven in New York, DC, LA, Atlanta, uh, Houston, Dallas. I've driven San Antonio. I've driven in some big cities like at St. Louis, Chicago. Um, the worst drivers are in New Orleans and Orlando. And it, th- there's just no comparison. I, I thought New Orleans was in a league of its own because the city is so weirdly designed, like streets come from every angle. Well, yeah. It's like, well, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, it's weird because it follows the river. Yeah. So there's not, it's not a grid. There's not a normal layout. And so they're just wild. But then I went to Orlando and they're just as bad, but in nicer cars. <laughs> Yeah, no, well... That's all it yeah, is. Well, uh, New Orleans was... It was like the richest part of the U.S. during uh, the first part of the century because it followed... Uh, like, that was the entry point, and it went up the Mississippi. So, yeah. And yep. the way how it extended was... Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was pretty much just to... Uh, like, it was just to control the ports to get into the rest of the country. But, yeah, as the city grew, uh, back then, it, it pretty much follows, like, the way how... It, most old school European in cities are so the road just where like where we felt like that's the thing like you go to yeah that's yeah it. you go to France Spain it's like the same thing like complete chaos but <laughs> as far as driving goes I'm not sure if you've ever been to Germany but in some parts of the autobahn no. there's a speed minimum uh yeah, and that's I've heard that, and like we have speed minimums down here in the U.S. on some highways, but it's a pretty low minimum. We're talking like minimum forty miles per hour, and I don't feel like that's what you're meaning. No, um, there are some places which I have to convert kilometers to miles. I would say some places have a minimum of sixty. Okay, but that's a minimum. Let's see. Let's see if we can. Well, 60 kilometers is 37, so that's actually close to the 40 mile an hour thing. I, that's surprisingly close. Oh, uh, yeah, but like that's like the minimums. Like when I was. Yeah, and nobody does that. N- nobody oh, does. Oh, there? That. No, no. Oh, oh, but I, in Europe, like Germany, sometimes I'd be driving. Even at. I rented an, like an Audi when I first got there, and um, uh-huh. I think I was going maybe. Try to conversion. Maybe like close to 
80 miles an hour and and the people were still passing me and i was like this is insane yeah, no that's not for me no no it's nuts i've seen dash cam footage of the autobahn and i'm like oh no 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 <laughs> that is not for me that is not my life that's not what i want to do um I've, I've been in a couple of high-speed wrecks and i just don't want to do that ever again so no it's not for oh, me. No, no it's it's not oh. for me it took me like maybe like a year or two to get used to it but after that, i was like this feels natural then when i came back to uh <laughs> when i came back to north america i was like why is it my why is everybody driving so slow and i realized wait a minute i just got used to driving on the autobahn yeah they're they're driving normal you're the one you're the maniac (laughs) pretty much well that's that's that that was a bumper sticker i heard saw remember seeing as a teenager or maybe it wasn't a bumper sticker but it was just a like what did we call memes before memes i don't know it was a thing um that i read and it was like you ever notice that anyone driving slower than you on the highway is an idiot and everyone driving faster than you is a maniac? Yeah. That, that's how your brain works? Yeah. Like, wasn't that uh, George Carlin that said that? Oh, that might have been. Actually, that might have been. That would that would make a lot of sense as to when I heard it, too. So I'm, I'm not as up on George Carlin. I'm actually really bad at I, I don't watch a lot of stand-up comedy, so I don't get a lot of the the jokes that some people pull okay. from that. I'm just bad at pop culture in general. I tell people this all the time. Um, my wife had to make me sit down and watch Pulp Fiction because I had never seen it. I had seen every other Quentin Tarantino movie except, you know, the most popular movie he had done mm-hmm. at the time. And so just because I had never sat down to watch it because I, I don't get that drive to sit and watch pop culture stuff. So Yeah, you know what's funny? When I get references, I'm really proud of myself. You know, what's, what's really funny, I've seen all his movies, and Pulp Fiction is the least favorite of mine. I love uh, Jackie Brown. That's one of my favorites. Oh, that yeah. Jackie Brown's really good. My favorite for a long time was Reservoir Dogs. That, I just, yeah. I love that movie because it's weird. <laughs> nothing made sense. Everyone's dead by the end. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. Yeah, I would say for so, me, it's Jackie Brown, then Reservoir Dogs. And then it's um, it's a tie between uh, Django Unchained and uh, that uh, what's a Bastards movie called? The one before that? Oh, Inglorious yeah, Bastards. Those ones, like I would say, those are my top three. But uh, but those two movies kind of flip it uh, for which one takes fur. But Jackie Brown's my favorite, uh, Quentin, and I never cared for Pulp Fiction. I've seen it so many times. I'm like, I just can't get into it. I understand the whole story. It's ah. interesting, but I couldn't care less about anybody in the whole movie. I never got, <laughs> I never got into the characters. So I think that's why I didn't care. Like it was, like yeah, it was good. No, like it was well sense. written. I that yeah, and the way how the movie was uh, structured was interesting. I couldn't care less what happened to any, to any of them. So that's why I couldn't care less. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported in part by String Joy Strings. I'm a snob, at least that's what people tell me. I'm never okay with good enough, and that's where String Joy Strings come in. They're better than good enough. They're the best. String Joy are making some of the finest strings available today right up the road from me in Nashville, Tennessee. They offer custom sets, balance, tension, coated strings, the works. If you need it, they can probably make it happen. You should be using Stringjoy Strings, and if you're going to order from them, you really could help this podcast out by clicking the affiliate link down in the description or show notes below. You get amazing strings, I get a little bit of that back to help the show keep going. It's a win-win situation. Get your Stringjoy Strings today. 
I see. I I enjoyed it, but I think also like those kinds of movies, right? Just like the the ones that get really built up in the pop culture, you know, collective consciousness mm-hmm. that like they get they get put on this pedestal. I put um, Napoleon Dynamite was one of those two. Like everybody talks about how funny and hilarious and and cut it and like it's it's this new style of humor and they're really into it. I think it builds it up too much yeah. for people that don't see it immediately. And so now they've got all this hype in their head. And when they see it, they're like, this is what y'all were yeah. raving about? Because, oh, because we have we as humans do this thing. Guitar players, y'all are so bad at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm staring at every one of y'all. You love to hate popular things. We we love to hate popular things. You see it in um, any counterculture movement. It doesn't matter if that thing is quality and popular. You're going to pretend it's not. Yeah, it it, I, it drives me mad. Well, it's uh, I think it's a whole thing about uh, trying to be rebellious. So you just rebel against what mm-hmm. is popular. Like even I was talking with a buddy of mine about how I never understood the hate of Nickelback because I'm like. They're not bad. It's not the best, but I'm like, it's. I'm like, dude, yeah. it's. There's much worse music, but it's. It's just popular to hate the band, and yet, yeah. the same band is saying, yeah, all this hate is making us popular because they sell out. <laughs> like yes. watch their live shows. I'm like, dude, there's people coming to see this band, so people like them. Yeah. Well, that. I, I make the jokes, just like everybody else. I make the Nickelback jokes, but I actually don't hate them. I don't care for them either. It's just, it's not it's not my music. Mm. I get it. I, just like everybody else, and all of you, oh, don't tell me you didn't like it, because you're wrong. <laughs> Everyone liked that, that song that Chad Kroger did for the Spider-Man movie. That song was insanely popular. I liked it, but I don't really care for Nickelback. But it's, it's it, you know, I make the jokes too because I think the jokes are yeah. funnier than they are bad. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's the same thing like in the, the, the uh, you know, it's the same thing like in the heavy metal stuff because I come from a heavy metal scene and we, we don't mean it, but, you know, you, li- you listen to bands like Cannibal Corpse and uh, Dismembered and you mm-hmm. try to say, we would try to come up with song titles that would gross each other out. So you want to be really creative. <laughs> and... You know, you would say stuff that you would never say in public, but and you didn't mean the stuff. You just like, wait a minute, if I combine this with this, and it just, it, it, you, you won't go gory and gorier, but you're not gonna like, do it. You just want to say something in just to uh, make your friend laugh. So, yeah, exactly. and unfortunately, Nickelback they you're, came you're at the being wrong time. Hyperbolic and ridiculous. Yeah, just Nickelback came at, yeah. at, at the wrong time, and they became the butt of the joke. But they were smart. They used it to their advantage because they got bigger and bigger. Yeah, see, so that's the thing, and, and I'm going to throw in a sports reference for you sports ball people. Um, uh, there was a, a I'm, I'm not going to get like way down into the specifics, uh, but um, there was a, a linebacker played in, in college. He was known as the Boz, Brian Bosworth. There's a really good 30 for 30 about him. You can go watch it. He was... Maybe one of the greatest college players of all time, and but he was hated because he was he was aggressive, and you can talk about steroids and all that stuff. Anyway, people loved to hate him, and so he played to it much in the way they do in like the, a heel would in the WWE. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They play into the hate. Um, 
and and he was going to play i think he was going to play the denver broncos and he had said something really inflammatory about the denver broncos and their fans got really 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 mad and so they all showed up to the game with these t-shirts that said um let me see if i can find what the t-shirt said real fast um they all showed up with these um Oh, that's what it was. It was like, what's a Bosworth or something like that. That's what it was. What's a Bosworth. They were like trying to dig mm-hmm. at him. He made the t-shirt. <laughs> he, he sold them the that's t-shirts. 10,000 fans showed up in t-shirts that he sold them to dig at him. He made so much money off of them hating him. You know, that's a, that's it's, a businessman. Brilliant. That. That's exactly. That's a businessman. Well, yeah, like it's. I just said it's the same yeah. as, as like wrestling. Like you need to have a bad guy. So especially if you're because yep. you said he was going to play a Denver Broncos, so he was on the opposite team, right? Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. I. I wish I could remember who he played for. I can't uh, remember yeah, but, now. Yeah, but that makes sense. He probably helped sell more tickets because the fans want to see him, and they were hoping that something bad happens to him. But they paid to get in the gate. That's it, and. Then he, that's a hundred. He sold him the t shirt. It's like that's brilliant. Like that's a businessman. It's the same thing with um, like I don't really watch sports that much, but I heard that Rihanna for the Super Bowl, she didn't get paid, but she had like three seconds to promote her makeup line, and that thing went. The search went up by like I think eight hundred thirty three percent in twenty four hours. So she made millions just from yep. that, but she. She played the halftime show for free, so that's also yeah, business. So that's actually nor that's normal. Actually, I I didn't discover this until a few years ago. No performer gets paid to play the Super Bowl halftime. Really? Show. Okay. Yeah, I I think uh, if I remember, oh, and I'm gonna mess these details up. So listeners, viewers, if you're if I get this wrong, I'm human. I apologize, but um, I'm I think they get like a stipend for the show itself for the production of the show mm-hmm. to put into the production but it's not a it's not a lot of money so they anything above that they have to pay for the production themselves so it it's a whole thing but it is this it's this big opportunity to push themselves or you know it in I like to use the example Paul McCartney played the halftime show Paul McCartney likes American football he goes to games like he just wanted to play the Super Bowl. He could was there any real financial reason for Paul McCartney to push himself on the Super Bowl other than to be like, "Hey, I played the Super Bowl." You know, he I, I have a hard time believing that a Beatle really needed the push to make money. Yeah. Actually, you know what I found about Paul McCartney's so, he, he he doesn't like to give autographs, but if you but if you meet him He'll want to have a conversation with you. That's so cool. That is, you know, uh, so I used to, I'm going to name drop here. I don't have a name drop horn like the guys over at that pedal show, but um, I used to, I used to work for Morgan Freeman in his blues club and uh, a restaurant that he co-owned. And I say worked for, he wasn't like, you know, he's, he's an actor and he was in, you know, California most Mm -hmm. of the time, but he would come in. And, and he'd sit and we, I've talked to him many times, um, but you know, he would come in and sit, he did not do autographs mm-hmm. either. Like that wasn't, but he was more than happy 
to talk to you, take a picture with you and like shake your hand. Like he wasn't like trying, he just didn't do autographs. That just wasn't a thing for him. Um, I'm seeing that more and more. I, that's why I've never been an autograph person. Like I have a few signed pieces here and there from people I've met. I'm actually really bad at getting photos because I, sometimes I'm caught up in the moment instead. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I worked for Morgan for three years. I have zero photos of me with him. I have photos of my mom with him. I have photos of my sister mm-hmm. with him. Not me. I, I just didn't think about it. Yeah, it's strange. I've like I used to work as a concert promoter in Toronto and uh, I've I played mm-hmm. with a lot of bands. I don't have one autograph and people always found it weird, but I know of a guy in uh, New York who like, he's been in the music, he's been a booker for maybe 30 years in New York. And he said the only time that he got an autograph was from, uh, not sure if anybody remembers his band. Um, uh, The guy was uh, Damon Johnson. He was in a, a band called Brother Kane. And that's the only guy Oh yeah, that's the only guy that he's ever gotten an autograph from, and he's worked with uh, he's worked with guys from uh, um, like from uh, Guns and Roses to a bunch of metal bands to uh, hair metal bands that you that used to play arenas and now they play clubs. So he's met a lot of people. Yeah, uh, he said Stephen Adler was one of them, and you know the original oh, drummer Ooh. for Guns and Roses. And he said the only person he's ever gotten an autograph yeah. from was uh from uh brother or Kane. and i i just i had to look it up to confirm i was pretty sure zach myers from shinedown used to be in brother mm-hmm. Kane. yep yeah yeah he played guitar for them um yeah it's that's the thing it's like and, and this is I, I listeners i need to make sure you understand i'm not dogging anyone that gets autographs that's awesome if, if that's what you do do that that's very cool um i i see the appeal in it it's just never been my thing i've Again, I do have a couple of things autographed, but most of the time it's because I was buying it at a show and I was like, they were signing it anyway, so they signed it Mm kind of thing. Um, You know, you go like, for example, um, I've had uh, Ariel Posen on the on the podcast like I've I've talked to I talk to him every now on Instagram. I'm not going to pretend we're like BFFs or anything, but um, like we talk. Um, I went to his show in Chicago last year. And I bought a record because I like to buy something to support the bands, right? Because um, they're they're not making money on the music itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was signing them, so he signed it. Even though, like, I I talked to Ariel Posen. Like, I, I this isn't like a I just met him for the first time and I need a memento of having talked to him. No, this is like I'm supporting him and he's signing it anyway. But I still cherish that record. But I don't go actively seeking out people to sign things. Um, I'm trying to think the last time I actually like sought out an autograph, like I wanted someone to sign something for me. And I, I, can't, I genuinely can't think of the last time I did it. Yeah. I, I know I got somebody's autograph once or twice, but I could remember who it was, but I do remember that the last time that I ever took a picture with a, with a musician was uh, Marco Mendoza. And that was just because of his last name because of that uh, whole Simpsons episode. Oh yeah. yeah, I knew that sounded familiar. Yeah, uh, but he was actually in on—he was in on the joke, and he thought it was uh, funny. <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing too. If you're if you are a celebrity, even a minor one, like right, like 
you've got to know that they're going to be jokes. There's going to be haters. You got to know when to sort of laugh at the jokes as well. And just, it's a thing. Um, I, I think it's, it's hard for some people. Uh, it's why some people have some mental breaks that they can't handle the constant whatever of it going on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I really appreciate. Now, here's that's that's a side thing, too. Sometimes those those folks who are in on it and they're or they're OK with it, they're also struggling with it, too. It's like uh, they 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 laugh because they have to get along with it, but it still bothers them. I, that's I know I do that. I'll laugh at something like I do. And I'm like, but then I'll like, you know. The next day, I'm like, I can't believe I did that thing, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh. Well. Well. Like it was. Uh. My. Uh. Buddy and I were joking about it, saying, "In oh, we should get a picture with him, and just because of the last name." But then we were actually talking to him, and we're like, "Dude, like, this guy is awesome. Like he was such a nice guy." And then we took the picture, and then we were just and we just chit chatting with him about uh, all the bands that he has uh, played with, and like. It, it first started off as a joke just because of the last name, but we end up talking to him for maybe like 45 minutes because he had a lot of stories to tell about all the bands he's he's uh, played with and uh, all the fun road stories. So it uh, ended up being a good conversation and I really liked uh, hanging out with the guy. See, that's, that's, I've, you know, everybody says don't meet your heroes and don't get me wrong. I've had some, I've had some poor experiences with celebrities in the past. But for the most part, all of the people I've met have been so incredibly kind and engaged. And if they didn't talk with me, like stop and like actually have even a small conversation, it was usually because they were in a hurry to get somewhere because they had work mm-hmm. to do. Right? They're they're usually very kind. When I did um like one of my first experiences, I was hired as a sound and light crew i wasn't like running sound or running lights i was i was a grunt right i'm just running around getting things for people uh for lone star uh they play in memphis this was i don't know early 2000s Mm -hmm. maybe um not a big lone star fan i'm not a big that style country fan but it was it was a paying gig and i you know i work around working around music was what i wanted to do so i do this gig and I'm helping set up stage stuff, setting up all this stuff. And I had only been playing guitar for a couple of years. Like I'm still green. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I still can't play a major scale. You know, I'm still on that A minor pentatonic box only. Um, and uh, I'm setting up stuff near Michael Britt's rig, who guitar player for Lone Star. Also, those of you in the modeler world will know who Michael Britt is. He's kind of renowned for his IRs and settings and stuff like that. Um and he just like, oh, I, I was looking at his guitars because he had the big guitar vault. And he's like, oh, here, you want to check this out? I'm like, what? I was like, I'm I'm a nobody. Like, I'm I'm literal nobody. I'm a 20-year-old, you know, grunt working the stage and sound kind of guy. Barely played guitar for a couple of years. Super nice. I, and to this day, I like, um, we're Facebook friends. And like, I occasionally just message him, ask him questions. And he, he talks to me like a friend and that's the thing meet your meet your heroes y'all because then you'll learn if whether they should be your hero or not and most of the time they're good decent people yes yeah, actually i got a funny story about the uh, lone star i was uh, dating uh this girl and she was a huge country music fan and she loved and mm. she loved lone star and one time uh we were driving by and there's the uh, lone star grill and she actually thought that this was a uh, 
a restaurant owned by the band and I had to ex- <laughs> and I had to explain to her that you no know, it means Lone Star State as a state of Texas and she was looking at me and goes what are you talking about uh, you know like she was from Brazil so she's she's only been in so oh. she didn't understand it that much so I had to explain that to her but she was huge Lone Star fan like I think I've heard all their songs just because she wouldn't stop playing it because <laughs> she was so oh, into she them. loved this band it was like um some people were saying oh my god that, that's gotta be annoying i'm like dude you don't understand when how great it is to see somebody love music that much that you just want to listen to it over and over again yep I, and that's the thing i oh, i 100 agree it's like i want to see somebody passionate about music even if i don't like that music yeah it doesn't matter like if you like it or you not know, but it's, it's they like it and they're into it and they want to and those people share it so yep absolutely do and i i played a i played a lot of lone star actually i I say a lot of lone star songs i played like two or three of them a lot because in that time period i was playing a lot of acoustic guitar behind singers and the they were having number one hits and so we had to cover those songs and and i i didn't mind their music then i got really tired of it but it's like if that's what you're into i feel the same way about people into genres i don't like um it's like if that's what moves you if that's what gets you going and gets you excited about music let's go let's do it Mm -hmm. and alan actually uh one of their songs i think it was them uh it was the first time i actually heard it was an ep was net was in an mm-hmm. episode by South Park, and I thought it was actually written by the South Park guys. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, because I don't know, I don't really listen to that type of country music, and I was like, and then she played, I was like, wait a minute, this is a real song? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, Lone, uh, or, no, Lone Star. Um, South Park's really good about that. I, I realized the other day that South Park was still on for the first time, because I, again, pop culture, I don't sit and watch a lot of things. But they've really fallen into the um they're they're very similar to the Simpsons in that whole they sort of their pop culture references are so good and they're so on like timely and on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what's kept them on the air. I think that's that's what's kept them going, it's kept the Simpsons going because they they're so tuned in. Their writers are so tuned in that they're really good at that to the point that as an example, you didn't realize that was a Lone Star song and not something the South Park guys wrote. Yeah, uh, I actually just saw they debuted a new season, and the last episode was uh, talking about uh, former Prince Harry and his wife about how they want privacy, but they keep doing like a. They made some few references, like uh, they called it the Worldwide Privacy Tour, and they were actually using the. Um, they used the skippets of the. Uh, uh, of the of the Beatles, and they were just going around saying that we want privacy, but they're like, yeah, but so why are you in everybody's face? <laughs> but the way, right? The way, <laughs> the way how they did it was like, oh my god, like, these guys. The funny about South Park is they'll show you both sides. They make fun of both sides, and then let's the audience oh, decide. Yeah. They make fun of everybody. Yeah, it's great. So it's like you can't get mad at them because they're not picking sides, even though both guys have said that they are uh, conservative. But don't make fun of conservatives as uh-huh. much as they they uh, uh, they do uh, liberals, and it's just great to watch because you kind of see that everybody's just silly, but they point it out so good, and their writing 
has not gotten old. It's actually gotten better. I find... I, I think so, too. From the episode I saw, it's better than it ever was. Yeah, it's just... And plus, as you said, timely. But they make their episodes during the week while Simpsons takes a, a few weeks or to a month to make a full episode. So theirs is yeah. more recent. So... But they're just sharp. So... And even saw an interview where they were where they're saying that they they think each episode will be their last. So they're just trying to see how far they can go with the jokes. And they've been doing this since like the 90s. I'm like, dude, you guys, I don't know how long they can last, but it's just golden to watch the stuff that, that they uh, make. I'm I'm gonna I watched it in high school and I'm probably gonna retire before they're done. <laughs> so just, just <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Uh, Simpsons are the same way. Uh, they poke fun at everybody, including themselves. Yeah. There's inside, like, it's so meta that, like, Simpsons makes fun of the Simpsons. So it, it that's that's perfect humor. That's why it's lasted so mm-hmm. long. Um, I really appreciate that kind of pop culture and, and all that kind of thing. And uh, while we have... We have gone all over the place, and I, I love these conversations. I feel like we should actually talk for just a minute about Tour Gear Designs. Then we'll go back oh, yeah. to talking about meeting our heroes. So, Marco, you you design, and uh, I don't I, I don't know a hundred percent what your actual title is with Tour Gear Designs, but you're like principal designer, correct? Uh, yeah. Well, we are too small to have official titles, so it's uh, okay. Uh, well, just give you a quick backstory. Um, the um, the flat patch cable that we make. I actually designed this maybe like in 2002, 2003. Uh, because, okay, so I went, to an, I went to high school, but it was mainly for art. Like it was an art program. So you, so you, okay. you did everything from, from uh, sculpting, painting, um, live drawing, even screen printing. So all aspects of art that you can imagine, we uh, did in this uh, program. And we also had a music program and one of my buddies, he was uh, going to go on tour during the summer, but he had that uh, thing where his uh, cables were really bulky. And I was looking at it, mm-hmm. and I used to like put my own cables together, but I was looking at it, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I could just design a flat version of these. So I made like a mold in my 3D class, and it was a, it was a technical school, so you could pretty much do everything technical from, uh, you can do like, pretty much do... Uh, plumbing electrical like they actually teach you the stuff as well but my program was for art so what i did was i made like yeah. a mold i and then we did a, and then we did like the uh, template for it and then i went to uh, a shop class and we actually did mold injections into these uh, cables and yeah i did i did maybe like his whole pedal board setup like but it wasn't really an official pedal board. it was just like put on a little piece of wood just hold his pedals together, but it helped him save room so he so he could put like in the uh, bag. And that was it. I just designed it like in the early 2000s and, you know, I was like in, a teenager in high school and never thought about it until maybe like, I think it was in 2000 and, was it 2012 or 13 that a buddy of mine in, who was in a band with him mentioned that Hey, dude! Like, why don't you uh, manufacture these? And I'm like, I have no clue about this because I was working as, <laughs> like, I was working in a print shop and I was also a concert promoter and I was also playing like in tons of bands. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I have no clue, and I just don't have the time. Right. And then, you know, I I went to Europe because I want to go back home, 
and I, and I was floating around there, and my brother was like, "Dude, no, really, I I think you should should do this." And then he kept trying to convince me. I'm like, "I'm like, okay." Uh, so we started talking about, okay, well, first we need to find a manufacturer. And I was like, okay, how are we gonna do Ooh, the cables? Because I we we need to make them the uh, the cables flat, like kind of like a ribbon. So he yeah. was working for a bunch of companies in the music industry, like, and he was saying, okay, well. I have some connections to a manufacturer. So I'm like, okay. And so I was redesigning the cable a little bit. And we were going back and forth for maybe about two, three years about uh, the design, you know, and testing them out. And eventually in 2017, I was like, okay, let's uh, do this. And then I, and then I realized, awesome. my, and then I saw that other companies were doing this as well. I was like, oh, Okay, cool. Great minds think alike. So, and I saw them like, all right. So then, mm-hmm. if they're doing it, then the idea works. And then I was like, okay, so let's go ahead. So I came back to uh, Canada, and we uh, we found a manufacturer in back in my home country of uh, Serbia, because Serbia sits on natural copper, so we it doesn't need to buy from anybody. So that helped re- oh. re- reduce cost, and it's a big. Um, there's a lot of manufacturing there, so I was like, you know. Let me uh, manufacture it there, so I can send some money back home to like the people working there. Because it's, uh, I'm not sure how many people yeah. know about Serbia. It's like pretty much third world, <laughs> but yeah. they are extremely hardworking people, and their literacy rate is like 99 percent for like everybody. Like they're like they want to work, but uh, very little opportunity. So I found a manufacturing company in the city of Niche, and uh, yeah. So I said, "Can you do this?" And they're like. Yeah, and that was it. So we arranged that, and because I ran a business in uh, Canada in the, back in the early uh, 2000s as a customer, I was like, okay, I know how it works there, and it'll probably be better there since I had the experience and my friend was there, and I'm like, okay, so I'll we can start it over there. And we got it started, and then we had the lockdown. Oh yeah! Like I came back to Canada maybe like in uh, July or August of 2019, and then we were we placed the order, we and we had some samples. Set. We're like, okay, this is great, perfect. So, and I think it was in November I toured. Well, not toured, but I played one show in Japan with a buddy of mine because he uh, booked a gig. It was like professional wrestling meets heavy metal show. Okay, I, uh, you have my attention. So uh, this is actually pretty funny because the band would play their set, and the last song, the wrestler would uh, come out, and then while the wrestling show is going on, the bands would change. So it just went back and forth. It like it was actually pretty cool. And then I we placed the order after I got back, and then everything. I think everybody knows what happened in the early twenty uh, twenties. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, but. The store launched on April first, twenty twenty, and I'm like, okay, let's see how let like let's see how this goes. Like, I'm not sure how because we had like a shoestring budget. We're like, uh, we we can't compete with these large companies who are doing the same thing. But you know, sure, we're gonna figure. Okay, let's make a design. Let's see how it works. And I'm like, yeah, we'll probably be like a small business, and let's see how it goes. And it started off slow, 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 but then 2001 for some reason it just exploded. Like, I did uh, 
my other friend set up another interview with uh, another podcast called Guitar Knobs. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so I I did it there because, uh, uh, because I'm the only one who can talk. Uh, the other people are more. Um, they're more behind the scenes. Like they're less talkative than me, which sure. is kind of weird because English is not my first language. So, and I'm the most talkative one. So, and they figure, well, and they figure, <laughs> well, you made a design. You should talk about it. I'm like, sure. And uh, 2001, it just exploded. And uh, people were saying, hey, can you make longer versions? Because we only start off with uh, five lengths and two different orientations. Like one's the, yeah. one's the usual U shape. And then I thought... Uh, we should have a different version because sometimes, like brands like uh, uh, Earthquaker devices, all their in and outputs are on the top, while most are on the sides. So I figured, like, if we do an S version, then there's no point of uh, twisting the the cable, which will give it longer lifespan. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess uh, those ones. So yeah, these right yeah. here. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about this here in a minute, and and. I, I'm I'm here, like, secretly getting you on the podcast was my way of saying, you need a still longer one. There's still a longer one that needs to, to happen. Uh, those those but, are actually coming out uh, later on this year. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, well then, they'll be in order. So I'll pause here for just a second, okay, and we'll get, we'll get further in the story. So one of the things I love about your cables, and listeners, I need y'all to be aware. I know that a lot of times, and y'all have, y'all have gotten used to it, y'all know when it happens. Someone comes on the podcast, they've sent me something to check out, and I'm checking it out, then I interview them, or maybe I've never played the product. No, no, no. Uh, I am a Tour Gear Designs cable user. I bought them with my own money. Marco has sent me nothing, uh, short of, I think I got in when y'all were given like a 10% off your first order or something like that. There was like a special that was running. So I did save 10%, but y'all could have saved it too. So, um, but I I had been on this cable journey cables like pedal board cables are such an incredibly uh, it's it's such a maelstrom of chaos to find the right cables i've gone through and i had uh, this is this is so terrible marco this actually this is going to sound like i prepped this for this episode but please do not give me that much credit for organization my desk just currently has a pile of patch cables on it because that's just what happens to my desk. But um, I have obviously some some Tory Gear Design cables, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how insanely small these are in a second because I don't think even looking at that, even as ridiculous as you viewers can see this, <clears throat> you can't how ridiculous this is. I had gone through, I had done the George L's. The the solderless. I have done the boss solderless. Um, I have done, um, you know, just your pre-made Radio Shack cables. I've still got some cables from Radio Shack, and Radio Shack hasn't been a thing for a while now. Um, I've done the Planet Waves. I've done the the Mogami. I've I've done a lot of cables, and I've got a few of them on the table here. Like I'm some that you're going to be super. Y'all will be super familiar with. Everyone knows this end and for listeners this is your typical and it's not focusing but that's okay we'll we'll pretend it <laughs> is um it's your typical sleeve uh screwing on to a big honking l-shaped cable um well i mean the size difference 
I, I can't do this because my camera doesn't want to focus. But the size difference is so ridiculous. Anyway, we're gonna pretend you can see that. I'll learn to <laughs> I'll learn to use a camera one day, guys. I promise. Um, and it's even it's even smaller than like your, your pancake plugs. Um, and I had switched to using um the rockboard cables by Warwick. Um, because they like yours, like yours, Marco, are the flat ribbon cable. Yep. And but I mean, even there, they were the smallest ends I knew. Until I found yours, which these these were problematic because I had a switcher at one point, right? I was doing the whole Boss ES8 switcher on my giant pedal board. I don't have a board that big anymore. Um, you can't use the rock boards in an ES8 because the plugs are too close to each other. Yours work. <laughs> well, um, uh, this goes back to the design back in, uh, back in high school because... Uh, I did see how like long they were, but one thing that I was thinking because um, I studied either to more be a product designer. That's what I want to go into. Well, that or either that or, or either being like a comic book illustrator. That's what I want to do as well. But <laughs> but what I was thinking was okay if my buddy because I made like just a few cable it was like with the small. But I was thinking if he wants to do. Uh, switcher for example i was like okay this should be uh the same size as the washer on the uh, pedals because then they can easily fit so that's why they are round that's yep. where i got the idea from because most of them because oh. most because most of them are that rectangle shape and i was like well if i make it smaller and make it round it'll in the future he can put it on a like a switcher because i i figured like he might uh change a pedal here and there but if a switcher comes i was thinking in advance what he can do that's why it's round and that's why it's that size so i was thinking more just to because i didn't i wasn't probably gonna make it more for him later and i don't know if he's back in school next year or whatever's gonna happen so i figured let's make it foolproof and that's why it's a small round shape because it was originally designed in case he wants to use a switcher in the uh in the future Yes, that's, it's such, honestly, it's like once I saw them, once once I saw your cables, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. I can't believe someone hasn't done it yet. Does that, does that make sense? Because, I mean, you're using, these are for, for listeners uh, that can't see them. They're, they look like they're injection molded. Mm-hmm. Um, they're injection molded ends. So, you know, if a cable failed, I'm not saying they will, um, you know, you're not going to be able to get in there and resolder it yourself. Not easily, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not the first injection molded cables I've ever seen either. Um, I've got the Planet Waves injection molded cables, and good luck putting these anywhere and keeping your pedals neatly on a pedal board. They're mm-hmm. massive. Um, they take up so much space. So when I discovered these, there, there's enough lengths. There's enough orientations the whole s and u shape uh is is brilliant because i do have a lot of pedals where i'm going from a top mount pedal into a side jack pedal and that's the easiest way i don't have to twist the cable putting undue stress on Mm -hmm. it um increasing the risk of failure basically um because we all know guitar players if your pedal board goes down 
95% of the time it's a cable that failed. Mm-hmm. That, that's what happened. Um, I, I've been so impressed with these and I have been telling everyone I know to switch to these cables because a, a lot of people want to use the, the square, the SP 400 square plug. They're fine. I guess if you want to do that or solder your own, I think you're a masochist. <laughs> if you solder your own patch cables, especially if you have a big pedal board. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand how much you have so much time in your life. I need lessons. Someone tell me how you have enough time to do that. Yeah. I'm well, uh, it's like the same people who want to build their own computer. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. Which I I do that, so that's even weirder. Like that's normally me until I switch to Mac. Um, mm-hmm. But my PCs, I build myself. I like doing it. But even then, it's you know, PC building. Some people get real weirded out and like they get anxious about it. And I'm like, listen, today's PC building is literally you go to a, you can go on a website. It'll tell you if things are compatible. And then when they come in, you put the square plug in the square hole. Yeah. You put the you know, it's 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 so plug and play for people who want to build their own computers. Um, well, yeah, that's all pretty much. Uh, but even then, and I, well, I, I used to solder my own cables. I was just going to mention that I used to. But like, I, why? I, I don't need to anymore. Uh, well, like if you solder your own cables and because you're dealing with uh uh, with the soldering plug, like you can't get it hurt <laughs> out of doing it. Yes. If you were to like insert something like in uh, uh, a slot, like when you're making um, when, uh, when you're doing on PC, you're not going to get uh, scorched by something uh, by like a burning in iron. So it, I would say, putting together like a PC is uh, less painful. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I use a soldering iron with with relative frequency. Um, I don't know. I, I have to drag the thing out every, I don't know, a couple of times a month. I've actually got a project that I'm about to, as soon as we finish this, this, oh, excuse me, as soon as we finish this episode, I've got to get my soldering iron out and I'm going to tackle a big project, but um, because I'm going to try it. I, I've got an RE201 that I need to change some capacitors and some stuff in it, but I'm going to try to do it myself, y'all. Mm-hmm. If I screw it up, it's going to a tech. Um, but I, I, I don't have that kind of time. And most, and I understand the players that get really, really just knee deep in this stuff and they enjoy doing it. I was talking to um, Ryan Verthane from Verthane Guitar Works. I think that's the right name of your company, Ryan. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Um, and he builds guitars, but he's getting more into amp repair and maintenance. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking about this and I was like, I can do that. I can, I, I, I have rudimentary, um, uh, mul- uh, skill with a multimeter. I can solder. I know how to watch a YouTube video and ask people questions and learn what I need to do. You know what I mean? Cause that's how we all learn. Let's be honest at this point in 2023. Um, I know how to do that. I could work on my own amps and I could work on other people's amps and probably, you know, that with enough questions and enough figuring it out, I could do it. But none of that brings me joy. I don't enjoy doing that. And so I want to send my amp to someone else. I want to get someone else to solder my cables. I just want to play guitar and apparently talk about guitar because that's the other thing I do. But mm-hmm. um, I, if, if you enjoy doing that, you know, more power to you. But I want to have a solid cable that um, I, I don't fear is going to fail. 
um, that takes up as little space as possible because we're all packing way too many pedals on way too small a space now. Um, and I want uh, options in length so that I can get them everywhere I need to go. And that's what your cables have done. And I've been really, really impressed with them. And again, y'all, Marco's not paying me. I bought these. These are my own money. Um, I actually overbought. I bought a lot of extras. Actually, I need to place another order, Marco. I've got, <laughs> got to wire up another pedal board. But I'll do that Do that here soon. Um, yeah, I, I cannot... Um, I don't know. I can't praise the 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 cables y'all are making more. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, I digress. I'll quit gushing about them. And and this isn't even the first podcast that I've gushed about your cables. So listeners will know this isn't just because you're on the show. Um, but uh, so you 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 got the design. I did notice on your website because I was trying to you know be relatively put together as a podcast host mm-hmm. and do a little research. Y'all are even doing um, TRS to TS split cables now? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> one of the first things that we were asked uh, was to do a, a TRS version. So when so when I got the TRS version, I was saying, like, well, if these were originally designed in the in the to uh, to do uh, to be um, uh, used for like a splitters, like. And I was like, why not? Like, why not do like a split cable? Because I noticed that more and more people, especially friends of mine who play a lot of pedals, they have a lot of uh, reverb mm-hmm. pedals. And I was, and I saw only like, I think the most common length is only uh, twelve inches. And I figured, let's try do uh, two two other lengths. And now we're getting requests to do longer versions of those, and we're getting requests for longer versions of the TRS. Because what we first did was like, let's put out this and see how it works. Just an experiment. That's the same. That's the same thing we yeah. did when we first put out our TS versions. It was only five different lengths. Now we, now we have um, three additional lengths. And later on this year, we're gonna release even longer version of the TS is uh, versions. So it's. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one, especially because I, I even emailed y'all a couple of times where I was like, I need to get from the bottom left of my pedal board to the top right. I need that. Cable. Yeah, we have tons um, of those. And I, yeah, I imagine I was not the only one. I'm actually doing it on my main, my big board, my big board, quote unquote. <laughs> it's not even that, it's not huge anymore. But I actually, what I did is I took two of your cables and a quarter inch coupler and like, all right, okay, click right there. And so that's how I'm doing it right now, but I'd be happy to remove that coupler because let's be honest, the coupler's one more failure point. Yeah. That um I, I wanna I wanna eliminate that failure point. But on the on the splitter cables, the Y splitter cable, when I I used to have a really big board, like way too big. Way, <laughs> way too big. big. I, I weighed it once in the case because I was worried I'd have to fly for a gig. And it was sixty eight pounds in the case. It's like this is this thing weighs as much as my super reverb. This is too much. Um, but I need I had a I had a couple of expression pedals on that pedal board for different things, right? And I was using a splitter cable because they were not TRS mm-hmm. uh, expression pedals. I was using the Ernie Ball uh, VP Juniors because I I like them. They're oversized. I'm not really good at convenience, listeners. You know this, um, but the the only cables I could find at the time. This is a while back, were Hosa brand, which no shade, not throwing any shade, 
but they were Hosa brand and they were like two feet mm. and they had the giant plugs on them. And I was like, this is really inconvenient. And so I've been guiding people to ever since I, I discovered these, cause I use them. I use one now on one of my boards, the, the EBS version of the splitter cable, which I really like no shade mm-hmm. there. But now that y'all make one, I'm like, all right, I need to order a few of these. So I, I'm going to need some splitter cables because I use them for expression pedals. But more and more pedals, look at the the new Strymon stuff. Mm, yeah. They're going to TRS outputs or TRS inputs. And so I, I, I uh, a fellow actually was on the podcast last week, Scott from the effects loop. We were talking and he his opinion is he cannot wait until everyone just standardizes to TRS for stereo pedals. Mm-hmm. Like just stop, stop messing with multi jacks, just one jack. Um, but we're not there yet. So we got to have Y splitter cables. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why he, uh, uh, like I, I noticed that it was getting more and more, more and more popular because I, um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and I do notice that they come uh-huh. out more like, it's um how to say this it's uh the experimentation that like more people are doing with effects like with uh especially with maris if you watch what they're doing it's like yes. okay i can see that it's going to get more and more because uh like music the companies are also pushing boundaries to see what they what they can do and i figured okay there it's moving towards trs uh yep yeah, 100%. yeah, because you could use you could use a TRS into a TS cable. It won't make a difference, but you can't use it was really like a, you can't use a TS in, like in, like into a TRS. So it's uh, it's I believe in the future it'll be more TRS because you have more options, especially with um, the growth of technology, how it's growing, growing. Like the possibilities will will be endless. I get that a lot of people want to uh, focus on the old traditional sound, but uh, yeah. as more people get used to the, the sound of digital, it will be major. I I would say TRS will be closer to the TS versions as well because it just provides more options and people love the options, which is what companies like Maris are uh, are giving the community. Yeah. I, I'm I'm terrified of some Maris pedals, but if you look at I I totally agree. This is this is me agreeing as someone who is and and my regular listeners will know, and all of the folks over in the Discord are going to laugh at me for this comment. I they know I am a traditionalist. I'm a big amplifier, a few pedals on the floor, guitar kind of guy. I'm a roots blues Americana rock guy, right? Um, but I really appreciate guitar players who are pushing the boundaries. I don't play that way because that's not my natural style, but I've experimented with it and I really appreciate those guys who are doing it. And that technology has got to change to keep Mm -hmm. up. Um, And there are so many pedals that are only oversized because they needed to fit, you know, two inputs, two outputs and an expression jack Mm -hmm. on it. So if, if suddenly you don't have to fit four jacks or five jacks, now you only need, or oh, and then we'll talk about MIDI 2.0. That's Oof. a whole other ball game. That's, uh, yeah. I we're not we're not going to talk about how we're way overdue for going to eighth inch for MIDI. 
but that's 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 me getting on a different soapbox. Um, pedals don't so a lot of pedals don't have to be the size they are anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm a person who appreciates an oversized pedal. I'd probably I need I keep thinking about buying an old school style fuzz face, even though I own an analog man sun face. I just like the idea of having this big honking mic stand bass on my pedal board because I'm I'm an idiot. That's just the way it is. I get it. Um, but we've got to adapt. And I love that y'all are doing that, uh, embracing the TRS, the TRS split. Um, because other pedals are going to keep doing it. Cause you look at the work chase bliss is mm-hmm. doing, you look at the work that Maris is doing, you look at even Strymon changing. They've re-released their pedals with these changes. Uh, it's coming. It's, it's coming. Everybody's gonna have to get used to it. I love the idea. Um, I've always wondered why we didn't utilize TRS more. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but, um, it could have been the cost, but really like, um, working because i used to work with a lot of, of companies as well but now when you actually are designing stuff and you're getting lower prices uh the cost is not really that much that much difference and also what i find is okay this is very controversial but a lot of people have been asking us to make a to make a gold jacks and i'm like dude it doesn't make a sound difference <laughs> and they get so mad at me they get mad at me when i say it. i'm like dude i work behind the I've worked behind the scenes. It makes no difference. And if I talk like to the manufacturers, and they're like, "Yeah, like we we uh, we can do it. It's plated, so it's actually painted on pretty much." But the but the connection <laughs> doesn't make any difference. But there's people, but there's but there's, there's people who like tell me, "Oh, I can hear it." I'm like, "No, you can't." No, no. you can't. No, you no you no, can't. But there's companies you, who will mm. say, "Oh, this cable is for the this cable is for the audio file." I'm like. Dude, why are you lying to these people? And I'm and you, you know, and it, we're the same industry, we're in the same field as them. And I'm like, we could. There's no point because it just costs more and we have to upsell you on something that you can get right now. And this is so controversial. I'm but there's so but there's people who are so used to it. I'm like, I'm like, man, you're just falling for it. It's uh, there's a lot of things in the music industry that a lot of companies sell, but I'm like, that's just a lie. And I and I can't, and a lot of people, like I actually got an email from a customer asking us, hey, if I buy your TRS cables, will it sound better? And I explained, like, hey, you can use it. It won't make a difference. You'll just pay more for the same length. Like, I'm telling you right now, yeah. you can pay me more because the TRS does cost more. But for what you want, I wouldn't recommend it. And the guy was like, you know, thank you for being honest. Like, you didn't try to upsell me. I'm like, well, I could just said yes and it, we would have made more money because it costs more but for right. what you're doing you don't need TRS because you have no stereo pedals and so right if you're not doing stereo or you don't need a balanced quarter inch yeah. connection there's no yeah, need yeah but some people talk about this and debate it and I'm like no you don't need it but they've been so like the music industry has a lot of people that will say things just to sell you more but it's just a selling point it it means nothing like um i had a friend who worked in a restaurant and he would um okay this you'll find really funny um so he was uh he was charging a lot for a lot of things and i'm like dude how i'm like dude how can you charge like uh ten dollars for a fries and he said oh just like uh just like put some uh 
oregano on it uh, before you send it out. I'm like, and I was like, <laughs> how? And he, and, he, and he looks at me and says, oh, it's the presentation. And he was dead serious about it. I'm like, yep. I'm like, dead serious. And then I was like, wait a minute, let me look at some pictures of like uh, a really high uh, Michelin in star rating place. And I was like, they're all doing this. But it really, look, you look at it's just potatoes. But you know, you put something on the side, you put this, and you say, yeah, it just costs more. It's the same thing. I'm like, okay, we could take the sale approach, but I'm like, I just can't lie to people and say, oh yeah, this is going to make you sound better. It's like, it won't. So I'd rather be honest and charge a fair price. And I, we actually do get a lot of people thank us later. Like, okay, th- I think, what was it? Sometime this this week, because we're, we're mainly online. We're, we're, we're trying to get into stores, but yeah. I got an order for, it was like $71. And I was like, oh, this is good. But then I look at it, I'm like, it's one item. I'm like, what item of ours is $71? I'm like, okay, it might have been like, a free pack of something I'm like yeah but it's not it's right. not that much money i'm like i don't so i i i looked at it. he ordered i think it was like one six inch splitter cable which is like uh okay so it's in canadian dollars it's uh 1047 i was like what the hell's the rest he selected fedex priority overnight for shipping i'm like i'm like what the hell Whoa. And i was like so i contacted him right away i'm like Dude, is this a mistake? Like it's one cable and it's like fifty-seven dollars for shipping with uh, FedEx. And he said, "Yeah, I need, I need it urgently." I I looked at his address. He lives in Montreal, and we have a store in Montreal. And I was like, "I'm like, okay, um, I can ship it to you, but you know, I'm like, uh, you could just contact the store in Montreal and get it there. Like, I can cancel the order if you want." Even though it would have been seventy one dollar uh, sale for us, which looks nice, but right. I was like, "I'm like, dude, I can't rip this guy off. It's like not, well, it it's not a real rip off because he selected it." But I was like, "I'm like seventy one dollars right. for one cable, dude. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, especially if he's got a shop it there was, that he uh, can go buy it from. Uh, maybe like an hour drive or something like that. Like it's not that far, but I was like, dude, here is the story with Montreal. Call them, make sure they have it in stock. And if they have it, I'll cancel it. He called him. He yeah. And he called the next day because I he ordered like later night, and he uh, said, "Yeah, they have it there." I'm like, "Dude, I'm canceling the order. Like, just forget about it. Like, just get it from them." Even though we could have made seventy one dollars yeah. sale, I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm I like I'm not accepting like that much money for for shipping for one cable. We do get orders for one cable, yeah. but you know, it's usually with." Uh, Canada Post or USPS, it's like a few dollars. I'm like, okay, if they really sure, whatever, because we're we are online, so I figure people will be buying more. But I'm like, no, no, no. There's a store in Montreal. You can get it from from them. Do deal uh, deal them because you don't have to pay for shipping and seventy one dollars for one for one cable plus shipping. I'm like, I I can't do it. So I so yeah, you can't do that. To no, someone. no. Well, he selected it, so he was okay with it. But I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he yeah. chose it, but that he knew what he was getting into. But at it's the same like, time, no, you know, that's cu- it's like no. Way. I actually do training on customer service, and so um, that's customer service. That's realizing what the customers' needs mm-hmm. were and changing your approach to meet their need. Yeah, that's that's how it yeah, works. Yeah, well, he said he he needed urgently. I don't know what urgently he needed for, but I was like, 
dude, there's a store in Montreal. Like he probably didn't see it on like on our site because he probably assumed that we uh, yeah only sell online. But we do have stores. I I guess I need to do some rearranging on our website so it's so uh, the people can actually see that there's actually stores. But I was the the first thing I was yeah. like, dude, I no, I can't take this guy his money for for that, especially when there's a store like within in the same city. So that that's the approach that we take. Um, we could make extra sales doing that, but I'm like, I'd rather help save them money, especially in the current economy right now. And also, I figured this is some another way to build up uh, not just brand loyalty, but actually show people that, you know, we're musicians as well. So we're actually working together within the, uh, within the community. So we, we want to you know, be part of the community as well. So about telling him, hey, there, there's a store in town forget about this order. We will cancel it. Like, I don't want your money for this because it's way too much. It's like ridiculous. Right. So yeah, it's... That's awesome. It really is customer and, and also being honest with people like online saying, yeah, we could give we could give you gold tips, but honestly, dude, it makes no sound difference at all. So I don't see the point in it. It's just an upsell. There is, there is so much snake oil in the audio industry. Definitely. There's... There is so much myth, and and it's funny, and, and we're gonna actually we're gonna take this conversation over to the Patreon episode. And we're gonna talk about some of those myths and ridiculousness that that exist in the audio industry. Things like gold tips just to send it over a copper cable. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just gonna remind you all that in between those gold tips, there's just good old yeah. copper. <laughs> so so it doesn't get retranslated to gold at the no. end. That's that's not how this works. So. Uh, you uh you engineers and electrical engineers that listen to this podcast i know because you call me out on things y'all know what i'm Mm -hmm. talking about so but marco we're going to go over to patreon we're going to talk about this more and uh i'm going to see if i can't i've got a few i've got a few shops that i work pretty closely with that i know that i'm gonna i'm gonna tell them i see i didn't know that you um I didn't know at the time that you did uh, actually in store. So I've learned something through this. So I am going to reach out to them and tell them, hey, you need to get these folks. You need to get these cables in your stores because they're at, they are the best, most reliable, low profile um, patch cables I've used. And I'll be honest, I don't see anybody getting smaller. Like, I don't know how you could do this smaller. I don't think it's possible. I've actually tried, like, I actually had to hire a professional engineer er, to say, <laughs> what's the smallest that we could go and he looked at me and said dude you made it as small as possible because what I actually did um, there's actually um, we actually put like a, a little, an extra layer of foam just to help uh, with any noise so it's just to reduce oh. the uh, unwanted sound as possible so like there's an extra layer of foam with uh, within the mold and uh, the guy that I hired to help me you know Per, uh, to perfect it like he said he said you can make it a little bit thinner but i think what you did was fine and so because of all the the, the ways i was inside because the company in serbia that i contacted they recommended to put in in um, the mold because it said this will help with any noise is the issues that a person might have and so we so we put that into the mold idea like and uh they said no, you can't do any more smaller. Like it's fine. Like there's there there's no point. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. That's why I love them. Um, well, Marco, it's been great having you on the podcast. And we're like I said, we're going to go over to the Patreon episode, and we're going to um, we're going to uh, 
talk a little more about some snake oil in the audio industry. But in the meantime, if you want to find Marco and you want to find Torque Design, all the links are down below, either in the description of this video or they are down in the um, notes for this episode. Check them out. Click those. Go just go replace all your cables. Seriously, just go buy all your cables. Um, And uh, we're going to talk more then. But in the meantime, I want to talk about Patreon. I want to personally thank, and I missed this last week. I'm so sorry, y'all. I want to personally thank every one of my patrons. And this list is a little longer this week, so I'm really, really appreciative. At the, uh, we're going to start at the top. At the $50 a month level, the Elite Wattage, we have Blake Jefferson. Blake joined the Patreon a couple of weeks ago. We're going to get together. Blake wants to learn music theory, so I'm going to give him lessons in music theory. You could also get lessons in guitar, bass, keys, like music theory, or you just want to talk um, if you join the Elite Wattage. I can't say it's never happened now, so that's there. Um, at the $10 a month level, we have Ben Fair of Electromotive Sound Company. I'm calling out his pedal company because I'm trying to strong harm or strong arm him back into making pedals. We have Dan Pilver from Lewitt Microphones, and we have Heath Bat. At the medium wattage level, we have Alan Gresham, Andrew Hensley, Andy Koenig, Giacomo Ride. We have Jeffrey Walks. We have Jim Burns, Josh Gierkin, Kyle Harris, Nick Call, Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks. We have Scott Hamilton of the Effects Loop Podcast. And we have Tom Kelly. And at the $3, the low wattage level, we have David Evangelista of the Guitar Dads Podcast. Thank you all so much for your support. I greatly appreciate all of you and the support you give this show. Uh, Marco, anything else you want to add before we, we sign off and go over to the Patreon? Um, the only thing that I can say is that uh, the response from the community that we have gotten since we started has been insanely overwhelming. Like I didn't expect it to be this well. And I just love how people are saying that they love what we do, so it keeps us going. And a lot of people are not afraid to tell us what they want. So that helps us say, okay, <laughs> this is what the this is what the community is asking for. So let's look into it. And be and yeah. because of this, uh, this is how we've we've actually grown our line was all through uh, the feedback from our uh, community. And because of this, we will actually release longer lengths, uh, probably in. I would say April or May, we should get the longer lengths. So the longest cable that will feature in our TS line will, will be 72 inches. Oh, that's so awesome. Because, so, so, so right around a NAM release almost. Not not intentionally, but yeah, yeah it, around it a NAM because, release. I don't know. I actually forgot that NAM is now switching because I was so used to it being in January, but now it's like in, <laughs> what, June, right? Well, last year they did it in June. This year they're doing it in April with the intent of moving it back to January. So they've slowly shortened mm. it to get it back to its normal place. I I think what happened, and this is me speculating, and then we'll go over to Patreon. But my speculation is that when they had to cancel for mm-hmm. COVID, they lost their spot yeah. for that convention center. And so they've had to... they've had to progressively get back to it with whatever dates were available. Yeah, because they pretty much made uh, Summer and Winter Nam into one event, but and they did it in Nashville, right? And then, right when we did, and and I was there for that one, and it was a little pitiful, if I'm honest. Well, yeah, like, um, yeah. 
I, I, I've never gotten to experience the California NAM, which I really want to experience. I can't go there this year because it's the same, it's the same weekend as a blues festival that I have played every mm. year since that blues festival has existed. And I'm not missing that. So actually, uh, one funny thing about NAM, like when I first went there, uh, when I first uh-huh. went there, I think it was 2011 or 10. And I, like I've been to conventions be, before because my friends took me to uh, out of Comic Con and stuff like that, and I was and I was uh, thinking I'm like okay I'm I'm probably gonna meet a lot of people, uh, we're probably gonna talk. And so I actually had a ball of sanitizer with me in my backpack, <laughs> and people were making fun of me in 2011 saying in who's walking around like, like for a ball of sanitizer, and I was like hey you know like some people go to the bathroom every time wash their hands you know like just why not. I want to see yeah. how many people will replicate this in the next one because I'm like I'm guaranteeing it'll happen. But I was doing this in 2011 just because I was like, eh, people don't don't have time to wash their hands like in the bathroom, so I like, might as well just carry it. Yep, I carry a little bottle with me everywhere now, especially now that you know everybody's sort of losing their focus on it. Which I get, we're we're trying to move past it, but you don't see you know hand sanitizing stations everywhere like you did for a year mm-hmm. or two there. Um, so, but yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We'll talk more over on the Patreon listeners. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for uh, checking out the episode. Be sure to go like, subscribe, follow. Please leave a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this episode. It really helps the podcast find new listeners. There is no algorithm for podcasts, y'all. That that isn't how this works uh, for audio podcasts. So people find us by likes and reviews. Uh, if there isn't a review in the last like six months, people wonder, is this podcast still even happening? So I'd love for you to leave me a review only if it's five stars though. I'm <laughs> uh, Just kidding. Be honest. Uh, and in the meantime, I'll catch you next week. Uh, Be good to yourselves, be kind to each other, and make some noise. This episode is brought to you by the supporters of 40 Watt Podcast over on Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash 40 Watt Podcast, where for as little as $3 per month, you can help support the podcast and get every episode ad-free. For $5 a month, you'll get every episode ad-free, as well as a bonus episode every week. I can't overstate how thankful I am for the support of my patrons, and hope you'll consider joining the team and helping keep this show on the road.